Welcome to the Saturday edition of the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. I'm Ben Brown. We're going to be talking about some college football betting, a few of the last remaining bets still available at some books. I'm going to touch on a couple of the marquee matchups, then discuss my favorite DFS plays before we get set with some prize picks options based off my college fantasy projections. At the end, I'm going to wrap with a couple of my favorite derivative bets for college football that unfortunately had to step back and went 1-4 and four last week, but we are still 17-9 and nine on the season, so we're going to look forward to uh, kind of getting things back on the right direction for those derivative bets. So let's dive in. There's no way to really sugarcoat it, but week 11 is at least initially defined by the cancellations. We have lost 14 games due to postponement related to COVID injuries or situations. Cal is now playing Utah Sunday morning, so we did actually pick up one game from the 14 that we lost, but it's just a slightly different matchup than what we originally had on tap. There are lots of COVID-related elements we haven't had to deal with in previous college football seasons. One way this plays out is by late information affecting lines in certain directions. College has no standardized injury process with teams capable of not, not releasing any information until it's basically discovered in warm-ups by beat reporters. This played out on Thursday night when Boise State had 14 players out about 30 minutes before kickoff that was announced on Twitter. This caused the 14.5 point line to dive down to 14. I think it even got down to 13 and a half in some certain situations by game time. It's kind of interesting how we're handling these situations from a betting perspective. A lot of bettors are trying to front run the market, hit the number as soon as information is announced with an understanding of line value and potentially picking up some of that line value based on some line movement that could occur after they've locked in that bet. This is a decent strategy, but it didn't actually benefit bettors on this Thursday night matchup as Colorado State was basically rolled by Boise State and the 14.5 to 14 to 13.5 point spread really didn't matter. I still think this is probably a viable strategy to use long term. It's obviously good to be aware of the situation with a plan of how you would actually handle it if there is some information that's going to be released basically right before game time. It does require basically monitoring Twitter, uh, looking through, you know, a beat reporter's list and stuff like that to actually try to figure out, you know, if there's going to be any worthwhile tidbits coming out um, that are injury or other related news that could be, you know, potentially beneficial from a better's perspective. But this is just something to keep in mind when you're kind of locking in those bets on Saturday. So let's get back into it. We have 34 games on tap this Saturday. Quality games have already kicked off from the MAC on Tuesday and Wednesday, along with some mildly entertaining games on Thursday and Friday. Of course, the Gophers basically, um, you know, got rolled by Iowa at home. They essentially looked done in the Big Ten. Uh, you know, a few other decent matchups are coming through. Florida Atlantic, Florida International is looking like it's going to get over, which was a green line play, so we are kind of uh, happy about that. Unfortunately, the Gophers uh, not getting there on the spread or money line is going to be a detriment to green line at this point in time. We did lose... Two you know, basically our top matchup between two of the top-ranked teams in Alabama at LSU early in the week. Uh, but we have, you know, two other games between teams in our top 25. As always, there are a number of worthwhile betting opportunities on Saturday to get actually excited about. So uh, let's dive into basically what, you know, a couple of games that I'm still looking at. An early game that I like is this Miami Hurricanes versus the Virginia Tech Hokies. The Hokies let a winnable game slip away as 17-point home favorites last week. The optics from the week 10 play is kind of perplexing to see what's happened with this initial line. Uh, these teams, both Miami and Virginia Tech, kind of look like they're moving in opposite directions after the latest performances. The betting market kind of seems to have other ideas, however, as 57% of the cash has been on the Hokies as slight favorites throughout the week, which has made the two-point opening spread bump out a half point to two and a half. 
The Hokies kind of seem like they finally found the rhythm with QB Hendon Hooker back. Virginia Tech is third in our opponent-adjusted offensive grades, with the Hurricanes eighth in the ACC. Virginia Tech has consistently moved the ball since Hooker's return in Week 6. Their EPA per pass play mark is at the same level as Miami's, while their EPA per rush attempt ranks first in the ACC during that time period. The betting market has been you know, pretty heavily one-sided um, in this match, which has kind of caused a little bit of that line movement. It is kind of interesting to see that, you know, Miami basically off their big win last Friday night hasn't been getting much love or attention in this betting market to start the week. Uh, typically, this would be a reason to potentially side with Miami, but our predictive models actually think, um, you know, Virginia Tech's going to be a lot better than what people anticipate here, even coming up in this matchup. Uh, we do have the we do have the Hurricanes 15th overall in our ELO rankings, so it is possible that we are maybe just a little lower on them at this point in time. But I think if that is the case, then our opponent just grades are kind of undervaluing the Hurricanes offense. But I think that would also indicate that their defense is probably overvalued by those same opponent adjusted grades. We hasn't had, you know, as big of an adjustment to to the recent performance that would probably be uh, reflective or indicative of where the Hurricanes actually are at um, as far as a powerhouse in the college football. This looks like kind of a decent spot to actually buy low on the Hokies. I do know that they were disappointing last week, but I do still think their offense showed enough flashes to be able to keep pace uh, with Miami. And I do think that they're probably going to get it done at the end. So I'm going to kind of side with the line movement, side with both those cash and take percentages and take Virginia Tech. Still, I think they have some value at two and a half here, which so I do think that's definitely a viable play uh, according to Green Line. And it's one that I definitely like. Another option out there for uh, betters, Colorado at Stanford. Uh, the Pac-12 obviously kicked off its conference schedule last week, which provided us with uh, some decent information, um, you know, in regards to how the Pac-12 is going to stack up. Colorado kind of had a wild opening week matchup by rolling over UCLA. They looked really good in the first half, not so good in the second half. I do think, you know, the more worthwhile information, more actionable information is probably on their first half performance uh, when they were kind of led by the rush performance from Jarek Brossard. So I think from that perspective, I do think Colorado, if they can kind of get going again early like they did last week, I do think that they're definitely going to be able to keep pace uh, with Stanford. Stanford uh, kind of struggled last week against the top-ranked team of the Pac-12 and now sit three spots behind Colorado and our ELO rankings at ninth overall. Uh, they had some early week issues with COVID testing errors, which knocked out some players for a decent amount of time. There were some questions on if Davis Mills was actually going to be uh, participating in this game. It looks like in the last 24 hours, we have gotten news and information that those were uh errors in COVID testing so a lot all those players that were initially sitting out should be back for Stanford the line movement has definitely adjusted in their direction I wrote this pickup as Colorado plus seven that was before we really had any of this significant injury news coming out uh, the line now is kind of up basically to minus nine for Stanford at this point in time they are getting 61% of the cash 59% of the tickets so they're definitely the direction that the market likes Greenland actually leans just a little bit away from uh, Stanford at this point we do kind of like Colorado like I said we kind of have them um, you know higher in our ELO rankings we have Colorado as the better offensive unit so it's really just a question of how much Colorado's last ranked defense is going to be able to stop Stanford which I think they're going to be able to do enough times to uh, actually cover this nine point spread so that's definitely the direction I'm leaning uh, in this Pac-12 matchup we do have one last game that I think is going to be quite quality I have I kind of like Boston College 
College in their matchup against Clemson two weeks ago. They covered for me. I like Notre Dame last week in their matchup against Clemson. They also covered for me. So in the showdown between Notre Dame and Boston College, I'm actually going to leave with Phil Jerkovic and the Boston College Eagles. I do think that they're probably going to be able to, um, you know, move the ball at least somewhat effectively. Of course, we do have a low 50.5 point total. So um, maybe there's not as much scoring as you know, people would probably hope for at this point in time, but I do think Boston College is going to be uh, successful moving the ball. I do think that, um, you know, their EPA per pass play basically to start the season has been uh, reflective of the fact that they have been a pretty efficient offense. So uh, I'm definitely siding with. Um, Definitely signing with Boston College at that elevated spread, 11.5 points. I do think that's definitely playable. So I'm leaning towards Boston College as well. So, No House Advantage is taking a different spin on daily fantasy sports by offering player prop contests across the NBA, MLB, NFL, and PGA for cash prizes. This is an awesome new fantasy sports platform that's leveling the playing field and making it easier to win than on the traditional fantasy sports apps. Download the No House Advantage app and check out our daily player prop contest without having to make a deposit. Play in public guaranteed cash prize pool contests or create your own private contest with friends. Use promo code EDGE when signing up and they'll match your first deposit with a $20 in free play. If your first time deposit is at least $10, we'll set you up with a free PFF EDGE annual subscription. No House Advantage offers daily player prop contests that include all types of player statistics. Featured player prop contests combine players of different positions across several statistical categories. Compete against other users and track in real time as you climb the leaderboard. Download the No House Advantage app now using promo code EDGE and they'll match your first deposit with up to $20 in free play. If your first time deposit is at least $10, we'll set you up with a free PFF EDGE annual subscription. Let's move on to some DFS. We had a 14-game DFS slate for our main slate. Uh, we ended up losing four games. We are now down to what I would consider probably a perfect 10-game slate. Six games are at 56.5 point totals or below and are basically unplayable from a DFS perspective, except for maybe a wide receiver dart throw or two in there. Louisville at Virginia has some intrigue. USC at Arizona in the Pac-12 also uh, has a pretty decent total that could be looked at for a game stack opportunity. Miami at Virginia Tech, we touched on it earlier. I do like Virginia Tech to kind of um, win this matchup, but that game is going to stay close, and we do have that as you know a 68, 67.5 point total. And then lastly, Wake Forest at UNC has some intrigue as well. I think that's the highest total on the slate. Of course, the spread um, is a little bit further out than what we'd anticipate so um, from those four games I think the markets basically moved higher on the total in all four of those matchups with which does kind of give us a decent reflection of where the market is currently leaning towards and I think that that's probably a good indication for DFS players so I like all four of these games I do think if I had to choose I'd probably go with Louisville at Virginia and Miami at Virginia Tech just because of the tighter spreads that we are going to have with those games I do think that they make you know viable plays for DFS perspectives for many game stacks in those two matchups. So that's kind of the direction that I'm leaning. I do think Brennan Armstrong returned from injury at a reduced salary in a potential shootout situation is definitely going to make for a quality DFS option. I kind of like him stacked with Lavelle Davis if Davis is able to go. Otherwise, both Billy Kemp or Terrell Janna could see um, a decent bump in usage if Davis isn't able to go. So I do think that the, any of those three, depending on how the injury situation plays out, are definitely viable stacks with Brennan Armstrong. I think if you're going to run it back, you got to look towards Tutu Atwell, who you know basically offers 
the most and highest game-breaking ability uh, of any wide receiver in college football at this point in time. I do think he makes for a definite viable play. I do like Mikel Cunningham on the other side for Louisville as well, especially stacked with Tutu Atwal. Um, he gets to be a little bit more expensive, so I do think I am kind of leaning towards Brennan Armstrong just to get a little bit more of that salary savings that we need um, to fit in some of these higher-priced options for college football DFS. The other game stack I like, Hendon Hooker. I was on him last week. I like him again this week. I do think paired with Trey Turner is probably the correct approach, but I do think Tavion Robinson also kind of offers some sneaky intrigue as well. He's another guy that's popping up in my blow-up model, so he's definitely viable. Uh, Dynami Brown has the highest projected blow-up percentage. If UNC can kind of get him rolling, of course, they're focused a lot on their rushing attack, so maybe uh, Brown is kind of an afterthought in their offense, but um, if that game stays close, stays tight throughout. I do think Brown could have a really monster game. A couple other receivers, both Indiana receivers are kind of popping up. We also like Amon Ross, St. Brown, Drake London from USC. Those guys obviously going to get a high volume, high number of targets. They're definitely going to make, um, you know, playable options that could easily pay off their DFS salary. So those are some other guys that I kind of like um, in matchups that maybe don't have as high totals that could potentially be, uh, you know, a little bit more under the radar, but definitely offer uh, similar upside to some of the other guys discussed. Now we need to touch on one of my favorite parts about Saturday, and that's prize picks. It's a site that lets you parlay different fantasy performances, and if you sign up using promo code PFF, we're going to get you some free money to begin wagering with. I think there are definitely some viable plays coming up here for Saturday. My first one I like, Brandon Knox, over, two over 22 fantasy points. My projections give him a little bit of wiggle room, over 27, or right around 27, basically. It's where I have his fantasy projections at. I do think GameStrips is definitely going to work in his favor for Marshall. I do think he's probably going to get um, a significant amount of carries, maybe even more than we would actually project at this point in time. So I do think Brandon Knox over to 22 fantasy points is kind of a layup option here coming up here on prize picks. Uh, the other one I like, he was one of my favorite DFS plays. I've been, I was on it last week. I'm going back to the well. Hendon Hooker over 25 fantasy points. My projections have him just a little bit higher than this. I think we're at like 26 and a half, 27. But I do think that this game uh, potentially plays closer to a shootout. I do think that Virginia Tech hopefully will win because it's definitely one of my written plays but I do think that they're going to play well offensively I do think we see more points scored than what the market currently projects and if that happens I do think Hendon Hooker is going to be able to pay off his salary uh, he can do it with both his arms and his legs so I think he has a pretty unique floor that we don't really have a lot of available in this particular college football DFS slate so let's see what one more segment I think we're going to wrap with just a little bit of derivative bet talk for Saturday. Uh, the first one that's kind of jumping out at me, Nebraska, Penn State. Our models kind of lean towards the under at 56 and a half. I do think that that's a decent play, but I also think Penn State could potentially get things rolling here. I think they're going to uh, you know, look a lot better than what they have so far this season. So from that perspective, I'm kind of leaning more towards Nebraska going under. I do think their 26 and a half point team total uh, is a little bit overstated at this point in time. So I'm kind of leaning towards Nebraska under 26 and a half full game team total. I do think that's a viable option here. Um, another one that I kind of like, our model definitely likes Boston College to cover 11.5 points against Notre Dame. We're also kind of leaning just a little bit towards the over at 50.5. We could see just a few more points scored. Of course, Notre Dame has the quality defense second overall in our opponent adjusted grades in the country. 
but I do think that Boston College is going to have a little bit of success moving the ball, especially right away. So I do think that they're over 7.5 first half team total. It's just a little bit too low. If they get an early touchdown, they could easily get a field goal here before halftime. And I do think that that's going to get over. So definitely leaning towards Boston College over 7.5 first half team total. That's my second favorite derivative bet. Lastly, um, I'm going back to the ACC, Florida State at North Carolina State Wolfpack. Uh, I've been on a few North Carolina State unders here to start the season. Some have not gone that well for me, unfortunately, but we're back at it again. I do think that this game, 59.5, uh, probably won't play as quickly or as efficiently as these two teams need in order to hit that over number. So I'm kind of leaning towards the under, definitely. I do kind of like Florida State to actually cover as 10.5 point dogs on the road so from that perspective I'm thinking that you know we could see the Wolfpack potentially not score as many points uh, as the market currently projects I kind of lean towards them maybe starting off a little slow so one of my last favorite bets I guess according to uh, college football for four college football derivatives NC State under 17 and a half first half team total kind of fits in with a lot of what our model is telling us I do think Wolfpack will definitely start off a little slow if this game plays under. If Florida State's able to cover, then I do think, um, especially from that perspective, NC State's definitely going to be going under this first half team total. So those are probably my three favorite uh, derivatives bets. You can still lock those in up to game time tomorrow. Again, Nebraska under 26.5 team total, Boston College over 7.5 first half team total, and NC State under 17.5 first half team total. So let's lock it in. We got some good bets. We got some DFS action, prize picks. We got a lot of opportunities coming up here for week 11 in our college football slate. So that's going to be a wrap on another edition of the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. Make sure you tune in tomorrow to hear our discussion on the Sunday player props that you have to hit before week 10 of the NFL slate of games. Thank you.